Have you found your place? Ephesians chapter 5, the title of the message today, The Walk uh, as Children of Light. We are to walk as children of the light. So stand with me for the reading of God's word as we look at it together. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant, uh, gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the uh, fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. And anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, and this is the gospel message of the church, right? Awake, let's read it together. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Isn't that an awesome message? Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of time, uh, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, and do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always uh, and for everything to God the Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, asking that as we uh, dig into your word today, that your Holy Spirit would bring it to life for us, that we would learn how to walk as children of light, that we would move in the direction that you're calling us, that we would be obedient, and as a result of that, see the fruit of the Spirit born out of us and in our lives to reach those who need to know the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help us to be obedient and to know where we need to make adjustments and changes in our own life. Where we may have slipped, Lord, and become, uh, Lord, allowing uh, things of culture to become norms in our life rather than the new life that we are called into as those who are to walk in the light of Jesus Christ. Help us to make that turn and that change, Lord, even today that we might be pleasing to you and offer thanksgiving and praise for all that you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you as you're seated.
So where are we on uh, the journey in Ephesians uh, as we look at the book of Ephesians so far? So uh, we have learned that uh, and, and we understand and believe that it is our identity in Christ which then gives rise to our activity for Christ. Our identity in Christ which then gives rise to our activity for Christ. It is our new life in Jesus which then is the foundation of our new lifestyle. And this, of course, is, is not unique, uh, Paul teaching just to the Ephesians. He, he says this through, uh, to each of the churches that he addresses, and he similarly says to the Colossians in uh, Colossians 1 and 12, the Father, he says, has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. And we've already uh, seen the important antithesis uh, between the darkness and light. We've, we've looked at that as we've gone through the early uh, chapters. And the same thing that you find when, when Peter writes to the, those scattered believers of his day. Uh, in, in the first letter of Peter, he writes and describes to them who they are in Christ. And he, he reminds them that they have been called out of darkness and into marvelous light. Such a language to talk about the transformation that has taken place in us as a result of making Jesus the Lord and the leader of our life. Confessing our sins, uh, bowing before him and allowing God to rule in us, uh, in our lives, and the Holy Spirit to, to lead and guide and direct our lives on a day-by-day, moment-by-moment basis. And so it is because they're, they're no longer what they once were, uh, that they, they no longer live as they once did, and it's foundationally important that we get a hold of that. You know, we're no longer who we were, so we don't live like we used to live. The norms that used to be there are, are no longer the norms for us. We've been transferred into the kingdom of God, and we are learning to live a new normal, if you will, uh, living in the light of, of Jesus Christ and not walking in darkness any longer. And so throughout the entire First half of the chapter 5, we see the emphasis has been uh, on life and lifestyle and uh, walking, and, and, and we're going to see later about walking in wisdom. Uh, we've already considered that, that uh, what he said in the opening verses concerning uh, walking in love, and, and we begin uh, at the last time to continue, namely with uh, what we considered last week uh, was the Christian basic training and what that means uh, for us as we walk in the light, how it looks to be Christ-like. And you'll notice that in the opening passage here, God is not bashful about explaining what ought not to be happening in our lives from the previous chapter 4 and, and then throughout uh, the first part of chapter 5. He's not bashful in, in telling us what we should not be doing. No corrupt communication. Stop lying. Put away the old man that is led by sin. Stop all sin, and he gives us the key to that, and that is by giving no place to Satan. Give him no room, no place in your thought life, no place uh, for in any way for decision-making. Let him have no room and no say in your life. And many of the new believers, uh, this was important because many of the new believers in Ephesus would have been uh, members of families who did not share their faith. And uh, so when they were going home, they were going home to people who were not converted. They were going home to people who didn't believe what they believed, who didn't practice what they practiced. 
And when they went back to their workplace, they lived in communities where uh, they routinely were in contact with people who had no notion of the things that, uh, that they held dear as new believers. And uh, so uh, the, the challenge for them, and indeed the challenge to everyone at every generation, uh, is, is how to live this out among people who are not followers or believers in Christ. In other words, how, how do we apply, for example, verse 7? Therefore, do not become partners with them. Do not become partners with them. The question then is, how close can these relationships be with people who don't believe, who, don't, uh, who are not Christians? How close should our relationships be uh, without violating the principles that Paul is laying down here? And, and I want to address that with Scripture in just a moment. But first, I want us to take a journey through uh, those passages just after verse 7. Let's take a quick look beginning at verse 8. If you're following along in your Bible, highlight these uh, as, we, as we do in our notes so that you'll, um, you'll have them to look back on and remember. So verse 8 begins by saying, For at one time you were darkness... It doesn't just say you were living in darkness. It says you were darkness. We were dead in our sin. And uh, the, the, the very nature of, of darkness uh, was us. And, and we had accepted that. But you are in light in the Lord. You have come to life. You've been resurrected. And, and it says walk as children of the light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, to the Lord, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. So let's clip through these. I think I have the, the high points uh, up. Walk as children of light. Produce fruit that is good, right, and true. Seek to please God, refuse to take part in the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them. So walk the walk that reveals the Jesus to those who are in a dark world. When we're walking in light, we are exposing those who are living in darkness. Um, it is like clicking on the light, uh, in, and I'm not comparing people to this, but uh, the evil deeds of uh, those who are not followers of Christ. Turning on the light in, in a kitchen where the roaches scatter. You know, they, they don't want the light. And the works of the enemy scatter when we come into the room as the light of Christ. And, and that is the only way that people know they're living in darkness, is to see that there is actually light. And that's why it's so important for us as Christians to walk in the light. A walk that produces good and godly fruit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, we've talked about this passage before, tell us the fruits of the Spirit. And these are things that people should see in us. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, um, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And, and, and they should see these things being produced in our lives, and that uh, is, is something that's different uh, for them uh, among people who are not walking in the light. 
It says walk to please God on a, on a daily basis, but it, it says something kind of interesting there. Um, walk away from the unfruitful acts of darkness. That's one of the things that really please God. Walk in a way that exposes darkness to light. The message part of it, the mission part of it. Walk in a way that, that people see the light of Christ. Anything, it says, that exposed by light is become visible. Uh, for anything that becomes visible is light. And therefore it says, and we read this together a moment ago, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is indeed the gospel capsulized, isn't it? Awake from your, your slumber and arise from your dead. Let Christ shine on you. And our message to the dark world is, is to wake up, to, to rise from the dead, get out of the, the dark and into the light. He says then in verse 15, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, and, uh, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I don't want to deviate too far from where we're going uh, as we're clipping through this, but I was talking to my wife yesterday about, you know, uh, often I'll pray, I park in a parking lot. I'm, we're praying all the time, right? And, and as I, I parked in the parking lot, I'm, I'm praying, Lord, watch over the vehicle and, and uh, you know, and then uh, everything that's in it and, you know, keep it safe and stuff and, you know, protect in, in walking on in, you know, dangerous places, but also even safe places. You know, you're uttering prayers uh, all the time and asking God. And I use the language, uh, God protect my truck. And uh, as I, I caught myself right there. I was like, Lord, protect your truck. <laughs> I'm absolutely taking nothing with me, right? My, uh, th this whole issue of redeeming the time, you know, and and, and being cognizant of, of, of the limits that are on us and, and that we're here and, and that we, we are, are, are to be, you know, uh, there's to be value in our moment-by-moment moment living. Uh, there, there's to be kingdom living that, that brings value and glory to God. That, I, that we might say, yeah, God, not my house, you know, it's, it's your house. Or protect your house. From, you know, as we're gone for this week on vacations, that burglars won't break in and steal your stuff <laughs> that you have blessed us with uh, while we are here to use for your glory, right? So, uh, making the best use of time because the days are evil, and therefore do not be foolish, but understand the will of the Lord. Walk in wisdom, he says. Use time wisely. Understand the will of of the Lord. And so here's the question then. How do I understand or how can I understand the will of the Lord? And I've already given you the answer. This is an open book uh, exam. Let's read it together. Here's the answer. How do I understand the will of the Lord? By the word of the Lord. Hold your Bible up and let's say it again. By the word of the Lord. How do I understand the will of the Lord? By the word of the Lord. You should not be stumbling around in darkness like people who live in darkness. You should be uh, knowing the will of the Lord. You know, that, that we know the sense of, of how God is leading and the direction that God is taking. You know, do, do, do we open this up to find out if we're supposed to go to HEB after church is over or whatever? No. <laughs> 
but there are the wisdoms of our daily living are in here, and uh, we are to know God's Word. It is how we know the will of God is we know the Word of God. So when something comes up and we say, I wonder if this is God's will for me to go incredibly in debt to buy a vehicle that, will, that is going to be outside of my budget. Well, we know that God says you know, that we should not be a, a, a servants of debtors, you know? That, that uh, a serv- servant to, uh, we should not be in debt, we should not be a servant to lenders, that we are to serve God. And so maybe there's a better decision, there's a better fit for our lives. And we know that because, not, not because we had gone to financial planning and stuff, but we know the will of God for our life is to be uh, living in a way that we're not constrained by debt. We don't have the bumper sticker that you've seen around town, I owe, I owe, so off to work I go. You know, we, can, we are free in the sense of living in obedience to God and serving God and putting Him first in our lives because we have not surrendered ourselves to being the, under the, 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 the great pressure of debt. And so we, part, that's part of one way we can understand the will of God for our lives financially, right? How about understanding the will of, of God for our life in, ter- in terms of finding our life mate? God talks about it. There's all kinds of wonderful passages. I love the book of Ruth for people who are single and looking for the fit for your life, right? And uh, one pastor said you should look for a, a, a Boaz, not a bozo, right? We... <laughs> We learn to look at the character of people and not, at their, uh, not on the outward appearance alone and, and on what they say and what they, you know, the way they act and, and not be intrigued or drawn in by uh, all of that. We want to know that people, when they say something, it's true, right? Because I, I told my daughters, I said, like, you, you want to watch for those red flags in character. If they tell you they're going to be somewhere at a certain time and they're not... They come an hour, two hours late. You know, it, there's not a great excuse for that. There's, there's a red flag going up. You know, you, you're not timely. You don't, you don't keep your promises, what you said you would do. And I said, if you don't like that now while you're dating, you're going to hate it when you get married. <laughs> you do not want uh, to, to get wrapped up in a relationship like that where people have all these character issues, financial issues. I've done counseling, premarital counseling, where... You know, one member, uh, you know, the husband or the wife, has trem- the, the, the couple that's going to be the man or the woman would, would either have this incredible uh, debt, you know, that they have racked up. And uh, it's just, you know, it's huge. And, and they just seem to have no control over spending. And I'm like, you know, that's going to be painful. When you get married, now that becomes yours. You get everything that they are and that they have, uh, and they get everything you are and you have. So... Uh, these are things that the Bible talks about, doesn't it? And it talks about that, you know, we told our daughters that the, the number one thing you want in a life mate is that they love God with all their heart. That they have put Him first in their life. And if He is, then He can course correct things that are going wrong in the marriage and keep you guys on track. If both of you have Him centered at the center of your life. And so uh, this, is, this is a part of... Uh, Understanding the will of God is understanding the Word of God, right? This passage uh, out of uh, what Paul is saying is, is interesting. He says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. 
but be filled with the Spirit. So the word debauchery I looked up uh, in, in the dictionary. One interpretation was extreme indulgence in sensual pleasures and uh, dissipation. So what, what happens when we uh, get into a place where we are out of control, because, which is what being drunk is. You are out of control. You are no longer making the, the, the decisions in your right mind and your right head is that um, we have set ourselves up then to be led by something else. And that would be our sensual desires, uh, pleasures. And, and this, this can cause so much pain in, in people's lives. And Paul said there's a, there's a remedy for this. Uh, rather than, than having the buzz and being drunk, here's what the remedy is. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to be filled with the Spirit of God. Drunk can lead to extreme indulgence and sensual pleasures and dissipation. Or, or dissipation. Um, but be filled with the Spirit. Exodus 31, I'm going to go through a few passages with you. Exodus 31, verse 3 first, uh, that are talking about being filled with the Spirit and people of the Spirit, people who are filled with the Spirit. Exodus 31, 3, I have filled him uh, with the Spirit in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship. This was uh, what God said to Moses as they were getting ready to craft uh, the first uh, wilderness tabernacle. And it is said of uh, Bezalel, and uh, this was uh, a son of one of the, the leaders, the tribal uh, leaders there. And um, he said he's very gifted, he's got people around him, select him and use him. But uh, it's interesting to say, not only does he have understanding and knowledge and kinds of craftsmanship, but I want, I want you to know something else about him, he's filled with the Spirit of God. And so you can turn your back on You can trust Him. He's full of the Spirit of God. He's someone that you can put in charge and you don't have to ever think about it because He's interested in what's best in, in glorifying me. He's interested in, in, in the kingdom things. He, he, he's one you can select and trust. Luke chapter 1, verse 15 uh, is is a prophetic word for he he will be great about uh, John uh, the Baptist. He will be great in the sight of the Lord, and he will drink no wine or liquor, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit while he's yet in his mother's womb. And of course, we see that happen uh, when when Mary comes to visit Elizabeth, and and John leaps in Elizabeth's uh, womb that he is filled with the Spirit from, from the very beginning. Then Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, uh, it says, uh, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. This was during the temptation. It's talking about after Jesus' baptism, he immediately uh, was going to begin ministry, and before he, he kicks off the, his, his full-time ministry, he's tempted in the wilderness. And uh, he's, he's doing some fasting and praying there, and getting ready for full-time ministry. And it says he's full of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 9, verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, and this is, this is Paul, Saul who, who became Paul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me uh, so that you may regain your sight and be 
filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled. This is the day of Pentecost and the outpouring that came to the upper room. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Acts chapter 4, verse 31. And then they had, and when they had prayed, the place that they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And then Acts 13, 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. And these are only a few select passages that I pulled out uh, to help us understand better people of the Spirit, moving beyond the ordinary and into the extraordinary, led by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, uh, access to wisdom of the Spirit, and the language of the Spirit, using the language of the Spirit, interceding in prayer. It's a, it's a beautiful picture, and, and it's, it's a prayer that we need to be praying on a regular basis. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit, that I might be used by you and be used for your glory. And, and one of the reasons that uh, we need a refilling. If you're sitting here and going, I'm full of the Holy Spirit and God's, you know, I, I've, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit. One of the reasons we need a refilling is, is because we leak. <laughs> we leak and we need it. And there are those moments like uh, there's been many times Michelle and I have come in here on a Saturday. We're doing a little setup and and prep, and we put some music on, and we start praying, and we just feel God just filling us up and, and pouring into our hearts and lives. I might be driving down the road, and that encounter with God happens as I'm listening to worship or singing or thinking about you and praying for you, and suddenly, you know, uh, God just moves in a way, and it, there's, there's a refilling that takes place in that vehicle. People are driving down the road thinking, there's a strange guy, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and with him, you know, he has no hands on the steering wheel. He's raising his hands. I, I, mean, I need to get past this guy quick and get out of the way. Um, people of the Spirit is what we need to aspire to be, filled yes. with the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 More, more than just a, a place of like, I punched my ticket and I'm going to heaven. And I can relax now, you know, I can rest. There's just not that much, you know, more to getting. No, God, I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to be used by you. I want to be anointed, empowered by your Spirit to do the things that you've called me to do. And then verse 19, he says, this is how we are as, as believers, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with uh, your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now we've gone a long ways through these passages and clipped through them, but we have to come back to answer the question that we asked earlier. And that question is, how close should my relationship be with unbelievers? And I said I was going to give you a scripture passage, and then we're going to give you the answer, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, if you want to highlight that. How close should my relationships be with unbelievers? It says there, Paul uh, writes there in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, do not be bound together. And that's a key, key words right there. So if you have that passage open, highlight bound together. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership... 
have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has, say it with me, light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial, another name for, for Satan, or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? And the key word for us to understand in, in, in crafting the relationships that God has for us with people who don't know the Lord, and there's a lot of people around, that God's placed around our lives intentionally for us to impact and to touch. But the key is who's influencing who, right? <laughs> so the answer to the question is close enough to influence them in the light of Christ without being influenced by them towards darkness. Close enough to influence them in the light of Christ without being influenced by them towards darkness. The real key is who's influencing the relationship. Am I influencing the relationship? Am I sharing you know, what I'm all about? Am I still moving in the direction that God's called me? Or when I get with these people, am I drifting and moving in directions that I don't feel comfortable, that I feel challenged with, that God is calling me away from, that, that make me feel uncomfortable, and yet I'm giving in because I just want to be friends and I don't want to rock the boat? Is that what's happening? Am I being influenced by people who don't really care about my values, who don't really care about uh, my God and, and, and aren't concerned? Are they leading me in a direction that is moving me away from Him and moving me into things that, that he is not pleased with? Or am I influencing them with the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping them understand better? And that's where we, we are to draw kind of boundaries. And, and that was, you know, has been the story of my life. I had some very, very good friends uh, growing up. And I, I think especially when you play sports and uh, I played, you know, baseball, played basketball, football, uh, that you get into some intimate kind of uh, situations with friendships that where people uh, allow you to see them as they are and uh, there were all kinds of things that were going on you know drug use uh, uh, abuse of alcohol um, you know pornography all kinds of things behind the scenes uh, that that other people may not have been privy to but uh, being in the locker room and being with these 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 guys all the time you you knew what was going on and I would be invited into uh, some of these things because they, they liked my sense of humor, they liked me as a person. Um, it, we just had this relationship. We were fighting for one another on the, on the, the, the field of play and uh, we, there was this camaraderie that, that takes place, this, you know, you're, you're, you're you know, helping me, you're, you know, we're helping each other win, we're a team. And so there was a sense of like, we should be together in what we do. And I was often invited into these things that I knew would take me away, would hurt my testimony as, as a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's where I would draw the line. I would say, hey guys, I can go with you uh, to the, this point, but after that, I have to go home. Like, I, you know, I had a lot of guys that said, I, I really respect that, you know, I don't, I you know, I don't feel like you've slighted me or, you know, you think you're better than I am or, you know, I really respect the fact that you have a stand in your life. Like, you know, I, I don't. And I, I kind of wish I did in certain areas. And, and so this is what I'm talking about when we are 
those who are influencing the relationships. People still want to be your friend. They still want to hang out with you, but they understand that you're not going to cross certain lines. And so they don't go there. There's people that would, you know, as I said before, they, they used colorful language. Uh, you know, last week we were talking about in basic training <laughs> about the corrupt language that comes out of the mouth. And I had friends, and you do too, uh, who used uh, curse words as adjectives and it was funny how when they got around me that they felt that they needed to correct that. So they would, they would say something, and oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Like, you know, uh, for some reason, you know, just because I was in the room, that it, it, it was, I, they shouldn't have said it. And that's the way it should be for us as Christians. You know, that, that people feel a little convicted. They're, they don't see the darkness when they're hanging out with darkness. And, and all this is normal, Right? But suddenly light comes in, and it's like, oh, sorry, you know, I didn't mean to say it that way. You know, I'm sorry that I said that. And, and it's important that, uh, that we are that light and we have that stand in Christ, right? I want to invite our worship team. Today we're going to be receiving uh, communion together in just a moment. But as we come to the Lord's table today, we're bringing our relationships uh, first, our relationships with, with God and uh, in Christ. And uh, are we submitted? Is he the one influencing uh, our lives? Or is he Lord over our lives? Is lordship uh, over our lives? And uh, I want us to take a moment to deal with that when we uh, receive communion in just a moment. And then our relationships with uh, unbelievers. Who's influencing the relationship? Are we being the light or are we drifting in, in, in darkness? And are we leading them in the direction of the light of Christ? Uh, or are we being led in, into darkness at times? I want us to deal with that in prayer. So those are two things that I want us to focus on as we're receiving communion today. As we uh, go to the Lord's table. That we would think through these relationships. First, the relationship that we have with God. And uh, is this, you know, are we empowering him to be God in our lives? Is he Lord and leader of our lives? Or have we um, taken control at various times because you know, we feel like we, are, we need to be the decision maker? 